When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you every week by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. Partnering with them is probably one of the best decisions I've made because I love public golf and Cog Hill is the epitome of good public golf in Chicagoland. Featuring four championship golf courses, including the world-famous Dubs Dread, Cog Hill brings the best of public golf to every player that steps on its property every single day. Go out to coghillgolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you want to play your best and you want to look your best, go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com today to check out everything they have. They've got the latest equipment, they've got the latest apparel, they've got training aids, they've got accessories, everything you could possibly think of to get you back in the game and to play your best every single time. WorldwideGolfShops.com Hey again, everyone. It's your friend Adam over at GolfUnfiltered.com. Yeah, that music means that we are back on the interview path here as I welcome on a new friend of mine, Nikki Dunnigan. Nikki is, I think it's safe to say, a lover of the game of golf. And she goes into some great detail today during our conversation, not only about what golf means to her, but how it's really established a lot of aspects of her life. I mean, she was going to the Masters before she was even born. I'll let her explain what that means here in just a little bit. Nikki has written about the game, as well as her beloved Atlanta sports teams, Go Braves, Nikki. And you can read a lot of her work at fromthestadium.com. You can also follow Nikki on Twitter, at Nikki Dunnigan. So, without much further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nikki Dunnigan. Nikki Dunnigan is our guest today. Nikki, it's so nice to uh, meet you somewhat face-to-face. We've been chatting for a while. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much for hopping on. And um, listeners who uh, might not know the name of Nikki Dunnigan, uh, Nikki and I have just recently become acquainted. We have a, a group chat that we are a part of that's really fun. Uh, a lot of great people on that chat. And so I'm learning a lot about you, Nikki, as well as everyone else on that chat. Um but one of the things that I learned about you that you shared was that you have a master's tattoo on your <laughs> wrist, which I felt, you know, this is a great person to ask the following question to. Nikki, what does golf mean to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. You would think someone who um, puts permanent ink on their body with um, the master's logo would, would have a pretty good story for that. Um, yeah. So, yes, I do. I have a master's tattoo there you can see it nice um yeah they uh it's a pretty good story um I would love to say something like you know I've played Augusta but no I have not um my my grandfather had tickets um from 1959 up until 2019 um he he went he was Augusta native he went to UGA um, he actually um, skipped spring break one year and went back home um, at, when he was at UGA. He went back home um, to be with his family and he 
splurged on a weekly badge. It was a grand total of like 12 bucks at the time, I think. <laughs> um, and while he was helping his family out um, during the week, he also attended the golf tournament and then he just continued doing that every year. And so he kind of grandfathered himself into tickets. And then ever since then, he just continued taking his family. And so he started taking my grandmother when they started dating and then when they got married and then um, when um, he started taking my mom and her brother and then myself and my mm -hmm. sister and my cousins. And yeah, we just kind of grew up going to the course. And my mom was seven months pregnant with me when she went to the course. And so yeah. it just kind of was a, a big, long uh, family, family history. So I got to bring it full circle in 2019 when I got to go pregnant with my son. So it was just, it's just a big, long family tradition, like truly a tradition unlike any other. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say so. And, you know, that yeah. is a, a great example of it being part of who you are. I mean, even prior to you being born, you were there. Yeah, I mean, it really isn't like, I, I didn't know growing up that like Augusta was something that like, that like not everyone got to go to the Masters because it was something that was just so ingrained in my family. And it wasn't until probably like high school or something that like, you know, I would make a comment about like, you know, oh yeah, we're going up to Augusta to go to the Masters. And I would get looks from people like, you're going where? You get, you're, wait, you're going to Augusta this weekend? I'm like, yeah, like you're not like, you don't, you don't go to the Masters every weekend, every year, you don't get to go. And people would look at me like I was crazy. And then, you know, towards the end of high school and in college, I would have guys like slide in my DMs and be like, hey, Nikki, what's up? You want to like of take course. me to the Masters with you? And, you know, then it, it like clockwork at the end of March every year, it was always, hey, can we go to the Masters? How's it going? And mm -hmm. I remember when my husband found out, it was long after we started dating that I like dropped the bomb of like, hey, by the way, we have Masters tickets. Um, do you want to go with me? And like the, the glazed look on his eyes, like, are you, are you kidding? Is this a real thing? And like, it was, yeah, that was a, a the look on his face when we walked in the gates for the first time. And that was a, a big deal. <laughs> I could imagine. So now I've never been actually, um, a friend of mine went a couple years ago and he did the whole cool thing of, you know, he brought home a couple pine needles. Um, I don't even know if I could say that, like I'm looking at my window now, <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, he did that whole thing. He brought home a yardage book and all that. So I've kind of experienced it through other people. But when I hear stories like what you just shared, how it's part of your family, how it's something that it's really just who you are, you know, it, what I don't get a sense of is that you've ever taken that for granted. I could see in you that this is something that you absolutely adore. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's extremely special, like to the point that when, um, you know, my grandfather passed away about four or five months after the 2019 masters. And so it's, it, it's to the point that like the connection of Tiger Woods and the masters and my grandfather, they're like, they're all meshed so together that it's, it's hard to disconnect. And so seeing that, like when the masters got canceled that next year, it was, it was really rough for me because it was hard to be like, you know, this is the first masters without my grandfather. Now it's being canceled. Now it's like, being rescheduled and then like even this year when it was played again tiger wasn't there my grandfather wasn't there and it's all just like all these emotions playing together and it's it it was hard to do that disconnect of this is a sport and this is my family because for my whole life it's been the same it's been one and the same yeah i i can actually relate to that um you and i were chatting uh off offline and you know the tiger 
Augusta connection, I think really rings true to a lot of people in our age group. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's one of those where I started doing all of this because of Tiger. You know, I loved it. Tiger was my dad and my favorite golfer. That was the thing that we had the chance to connect on. And we got to see him in 97. We got to, you know, all, we, all the stuff that he did. And then to your point, leading up to the 2019 Masters, you know, seeing him do it again and all of those emotions come flying back. Was that similar for you? Oh my God. Yeah. The, the, literally the first time that I got to go to the Masters, like, like I said, we had had tickets in our family forever. And, you know, my grandfather didn't want to take us when we were too young because they didn't have the junior pass um, program until like 2008, 2007, 2008 or something. And so he didn't want to take us on his, like, we only had two badges. He didn't want to take us on a full badge until we were old enough to like sit still, you know, he didn't want to waste a whole day with us. And so I think I was, I was seven when he finally said, okay, I think you're old enough, you know, let's, let's go. You can sit still. Um, and so it was 1997 it wasn't the first masters I ever got to go to. And like, I didn't have a good grasp of like golf of like what was going on in front of me. But like, I just knew that I was there with my grandpa. I was getting to spend the day with him. He took me to like the pro shop and like bought me a visor. And like, I thought I was the coolest kid ever. And like, I remember like the Snickers and I remember the peach ice cream. And like, it's like the little things like that, that stick out to me. I remember sitting in front of the, like the pond on 16 and watching the turtles come out of the water. And like, I wasn't paying attention to the golf at all, but it was those type of things that I remember, but it's the connection tiger one that year. And then being the last year that I ever got to go with my grandfather and like over the years, I didn't get to go with him as much anymore because it was like, I would go with my husband or he would go with my grandmother or he would go with like a buddy of his that he played golf with. But this last and final year, he called me up and was like, my buddy from golf can't go with me. You know, do you, do, can you go? And I said, I can take off work on Thursday and go with you. And it was really kind of serendipitous that like, that I had that availability and that we got to go because I hadn't gone with him in several years. And so I was pregnant. It was kind of rough to walk around. I knew I was going to be going on Sunday or Saturday anyway. And so I got to go twice that year and I normally don't, I normally only get to go once. And it was just really, really special that I got to go again in 2019. And so, yeah, it was the fact that I like bookend it with his first and Tiger's last, like it was, it, yeah, it was very, very emotional. And, um, and then when Tiger got in his wreck in February, mm. I, um, shortly after my grandfather had passed away, I was, I was an emotional basket case. Like, mm -hmm. and I know that like everyone had a hard time when Tiger had that wreck and, you know, a, a friends of mine know that I like Tiger Woods a lot and they were sending me the pictures and I hadn't quite heard the news yet. And they're like, Oh my God, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And the pictures were bad. Like, I don't know if you remember seeing those pictures. Oh, they, yeah. Were, yeah. they were rough. You know, we didn't know right away like, what condition he was in. And I was having flashbacks to like Kobe Bryant accident and That's no one really knew what was happening then either. And like, I immediately just like sent my boss an email and said, I'm done for today. I'm not going to work the rest of the day. And um, thankfully, a couple hours later, we got the news that like, he's okay you know, he's in the hospital, like he is alive. Like we're, we're not really sure much else from that, but I was not mentally okay because of that kind of connection. I hadn't really totally grieved my grandfather's passing. And then now this tiger connection just kind of brought all those emotions back up. And it, 
I, I needed a moment to just kind of let those emotions, let the grief that I hadn't processed yet come to, to life and then process that. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was a day <laughs> for sure. Right. I, I remember it. And uh, yeah, I remember being on uh, the phone with my boss when the news broke and I had to stop. And I was like, I hold on. Cause you know, the online world we live in now, it's almost like, okay, is this a joke? Yeah. That was my yeah. first reaction. I, I didn't believe it at first. Cause I thought somebody just, you know, whatever, but yeah, I, I totally relate with that. And you know, it's funny. Um, we make a lot of connections. Uh, I do similar things that what you just said, you know, golf means this to me because of this and this player. And when something happens off the golf course, I still connect it to golf. Where would you classify golf? Is it a sport? Is it something more? It's definitely something more um, for me. And the thing, the, the funny thing is like, I don't, I don't really play golf. Like people see that people see my master's tattoo. They see all of like my flags and, and things that I have here. And they see, you know, we, we go to tournaments all the time and then like, we'll go on like a, a, a work outing to top golf or we'll go to the course and play and they see me play and they're like, are you kidding? <laughs> you're, you're terrible. Um, but, and they expect me to be so much better because of how much I love golf, but I don't actually play that often. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't grow up playing. I grew up going to tournaments and watching tournaments and just being there because it was a family thing. Um, because for me, golf was about the family connection. It was about the emotional connection. It wasn't about like being really good at the sport. Um, now I say that I have a son and I would love for him. We got him golf clubs for, you know, his first birthday. He was at little nice. Fisher price set and he walked around the house swinging and hitting everything in sight, including the dog. Um, but <laughs> I would love for him to actually play the sport, but if he doesn't, that's fine too, because I would love for the connection to be the same for him. I would love for it to be like a familial emotional connection for him. Not just if he wants to play the sport, great, but I want it to be the same for him. Yeah. And that's a, that's an interesting point too. Cause obviously the viewers on YouTube will see that, you know, in your house right here, it's very nice. You've got the, the master's flags, you've got, you know, the LPGA hoodie on, uh, which I, I love, uh, go Braves too, by the way, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your son, as he grows older, will see these things. And, you know, obviously you're going to remind him of the deep connection that you had with your grandfather, someone that he hasn't met before. You know, what, what does that mean to you? Not only as a fan of the game, but also as a mother to someone who is just being introduced to the game. You know, that, that was probably one of the things that like, I, I struggled with the most when my grandfather passed was like knowing that he was never going to meet him. And like when we lost those masters tickets, because if obviously if you know the masters and you know, that like, you don't just like get to pass them down. It's not like you get to go, okay, here you go. You get to, you know, go into the next generation unless you get some sort of legacy invite. Right. Um, and you know, we, we didn't get that legacy invite. Um, and like, yes, I was upset about that, but it wasn't from a standpoint of man, I'm sad. I don't get to go to the masters anymore. A little bit of that, but I, it was more so of the fact of like, my son's not going to get to have this experience with our family, the way that I did, mm -hmm. um, not that he's not going to get to see a man corner. He's not going to get to touch the green grass or see the azaleas. Like 
I don't care about that. It's the fact that he's not going to get to have that same emotional bond that I did with my grandfather. So we're going to have to create it some other way. You know, right. we're going to have to find another course or find another place or sport or some, somewhere else that we're going to have to create that with him. Yeah. And I think that's the opportunity the game itself presents. And mm -hmm. you've got the, and I'm not telling you anything new, I'm preaching to the choir, but you've got <laughs> the background and the context to say, Hey, I remember what this felt like. I remember how great this was for me. I mean, we're talking about it now uh, on this little podcast and yet you have the opportunity as does your son to connect with another course. Like you said, you know, we don't, we don't know what golf's going to be like uh, in 10 years, 15 years, even further, but we have a pretty good idea. And yeah. we know the memories that we have that we can share with everyone, which I think, and let me know if you agree, that's, that's something that almost is somewhat unique to golf. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny, like how it connected us to our family, but it like golf connects us to so many other people as well, because before I actually got my tattoo, um, we, we were actually in the airport. We were actually flying out. We were going to Pebble Beach, um, my husband and I. And we, we happened to be both wearing our master's hats flying out there. There was another guy who, um, he saw us and pointed to our hats. He goes, oh, you guys, you know, go to the master's this year. And we said, yeah, you know, we go, you know, every so often. We're, we're trying to be humble about it. You know, we don't mm -hmm. like to obviously just come right out and brag and go, we go all the time. Sure. Right. Um, but um, he said, he said, let me show you this. And he, it was kind of awkward, actually. He goes, and he started to pull his shirt up and we were like, what? Um, what? We got uncomfortable, but he lifted his shirt up and he had a full ribcage tattoo of the master's logo, like on his side. And I was like, oh my God. And um, then he started telling us a story. He worked the ropes on the fifth hole for like 20 something years. And um, then he started telling us all these stories about how like, you know, they get to play Augusta the week after and how he hit a hole in one and how he had a big plaque and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, it was all it was this great story. And we just sat there chatting about all of our and exchanging master stories from over the years. And um, the following year, when we went to Augusta, we were like, let's just see if he's working. So we walked up to the fifth and he recognized us right away. He goes, you guys, we shook his hand and just instantly. And, but it was a connection because uh, we saw the logo and we knew who he was and, and, instantly started that connection, but it connected us to other people and, mm -hmm. and, and made kind of a friendship right away. Yeah. Well, I mean, it brought us together. I mean, we, exactly, we yeah. joined this, <laughs> this uh, golf uh, group chat that we have, it started for a major and we just all yeah. have been chatting every day since. And it's a lot of fun too. And, you know, I think um, what I, what I really appreciate Nikki about, uh, you know, getting to know you is, it's, I said at the beginning, it's clear that you've got this passion for the game, you know, and you even expressed that you don't even play that often, but that doesn't even matter because we can still find this, this commonality where, you know, we live apart. Everyone that we talk to who enjoys this game, writes about it, talks about it. We all kind of have this common thread where, you know what, we all just kind of get it. Mm -hmm. And golf, you know, where does that fit in as far as, we understand how great it is to connect to one another through the mm -hmm. game. How do we get more people to experience that? I think, I think like just a respect across the board, you know, I think you were talking about this last week on your episode where um, you were saying, you know, how your wife, when she walks up to the course, people are like automatically judging her mm -hmm. just for being a female playing the course. I feel that all the time. 
mm-hmm. um, as well. You know, there's just automatic judgment across the board for, you know, anyone who, especially females who come up and try to play. Um, but I think it goes beyond that. I think, especially as someone who doesn't play that often, there's this kind of judgment level of like, oh, well, you didn't, you didn't play in high school. You didn't play in college. You didn't play at the pro level. So why should I listen to you? Why should I read your article about this? Because you don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think that shouldn't matter. Like clearly I have followed the game my whole life. So, you know, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. Um, Some would say you probably have a better understanding than many men. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'll not say to, it. <laughs> <laughs> not to do my own horn, but maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, I think I think just coming to it from a level of like mutual respect. Um, I think that's. I think you were hitting on this at the end of last week's episode too. Like, we all need to just respect each other. Like, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> end of yeah. sentence. Yeah, that's that's so true, and it's it's interesting too because I know. Um, you know, not to go too deep down this topic, but, you know, golf has this stigma with it. There's a, there's preconceived notions from non-golfers about golf. And, you know, I think one of the best things about this game in my experience, and I think you have had similar where it's so welcoming for anyone that just wants to step up to a tee box or a driving range um, where everyone is on the same level playing field. Nobody necessarily cares where you come from. Nobody necessarily cares your views on things. We're just there to enjoy this, this common thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so accessible for anyone of any age um, or, and anyone, period, as, composed, or as uh, opposed to or compared to other sports. Like, I can't just go walk onto Wrigley Field, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I, I can't do that. You know, um, you can do that with golf. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like that, that's something that has always bugged me. Like you're not going to see, you're not going to get that same level of judgment at like the football field or, you know, anywhere else that you do with golf. Right. Um, especially like male to female comparison as well. Yeah, totally agree with that. And, you know, once again, listeners, we're talking to uh, Nikki Dunnigan and she is, um, someone who not only writes about the game, she's also someone who absolutely loves the game to a degree that golfers who have played this game for a long time and who've enjoyed it, we certainly connect with. And that's something that I've always appreciated uh, getting to know you a little bit better. The other side of it too, as we've been talking about is golf as a sport, you know, and as an activity is more than that. It's actually this communal thing where if we do get more people involved and we put aside some of the things that maybe any other activity that we do these days kind of blocks us. If you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know what, let's just, let's just enjoy this together. And that's something that um, I think for someone like yourself, who has literally grown up with the game as part of your life from the time you were born, I'd imagine when, and let me know if I'm wrong, but I'd imagine that if you see people who don't have that same opportunity that that might get to you a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like this is where I I do kind of struggle because take the masters as a perfect example. It's, it's something that I, I love the tradition and the exclusivity of it because like it is part of the tradition, but, and this is where I struggle because like, 
it, it is part of the history. Um, I think like, I think the exclusivity of it makes it difficult for people to get into it sometimes. And um, like, I think, I, I don't know, I go back and forth on it. A part of me is like, because I grew up with it, wants to hold on to that. Like, no, but it, it, it was mine. Like it, 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 I, it's, it's mine. I want to, I want to hold on to it. I want it to be mine forever. But then another part of me is like, no, like let other people have a part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I go back and forth on it because like we were just talking about, you know, let other people experience it to grow the game. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's (laughs) no, I hear you loud and clear. It's almost kind of like the, the old adage where they say, never meet your idols. Yeah. And as we yeah. grow up and we, we become, you know, we were adults, we, we learn more about stuff and we start to learn the history of things. It's almost like, Ooh, maybe a little bit of the, the, the glimmer dims a little, yeah. at least it, it, it did for me. But then, you know, uh, truth be told, I, I then meet people like you. I meet people that we all know that you and I both know on that chat as well. All of a sudden it, the excitement's there again. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what? This it's okay. We could still like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I kind of hold on to that. Yeah. 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 So, you, you know, golf as, as a whole, as we've covered a few times here, Nikki, um, you know, it's something that has become part of, you know, our lives. It's become a part of people that we, we associate with lives as well. And I really am hopeful for the future of the game because of people like you who can go ahead and spread that to not only your family, but everyone else you meet. Um because it means so much to you. And I think people like yourself can continue to do that. And that's really what's going to keep this game alive. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I just don't want golf to turn into a sport where it's, it's twofold. I don't want golf to turn into a sport where that it has been, where it's like still the, the old boys club. Um, right. you know, Cause that's the, that's what it has been. Um, but then I, I also don't want it to turn into like, the, this boxing match between the Brookses and the Brysons and as entertaining as it is, don't get me wrong. I thoroughly enjoy those throwdowns. Um, but like, there's gotta be some sort of kind of something in the middle, you know, where like, is the, is the player impact program, like the best approach? Like, can there be something in the middle, you know, I, who knows, you know, I personally, I would love to see like, an all-star weekend, you know, kind of like baseball does, but for golf, you know, like throw in a long drive competition, make it for charity, you know, who knows? Maybe that's the the way to do it. You know, do a, do a a mixed um, male and female competition in there together. I don't know. You know, this point I'm just footballing, but (laughs) (laughs) no, I think that's, uh, you know, they've been talking about that for a while. Like the ideas have come up and I agree with you. I think that would be fantastic to see something like that because you can make it fun again. You know, it's not that golf isn't fun, but you know, that, that just appeals to a whole other audience, which admittedly they're kind of trying to do with, you know, shows like Holy Moly and other things where it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. let's put it on prime time and make it goofy so that people, yeah. I mean, I don't think people always want Goofy. I mean, and even in social media, you know, I, I, what's your view on social media is a good thing in some ways <laughs> and in other ways it's not, but what, what's your whole take on how golf Twitter has expanded? Um, so like 
I love the reaction. <laughs> oh, I don't know because I have like I have both sides of it. Like there's the there's the golf Twitter that's just like absolute chaos. You know, there's your like um, I'm not going to name specific accounts. I know, I know. <laughs> I was like, just about to, and I was like, no, I probably shouldn't do that. Um, there's 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 your accounts that are like absolute chaos and hilarity but then there's like your serious accounts that are trying so hard to put actual news and facts out there and trying to make it through the the chaos in the world and it's like a battle between the two and i think it, it it's it it shows a contrast to the actual game right now you know there's like the the way that it was and the way that they're trying to make it and um i, I don't know you know it's it's I think it speaks a lot to what social media as a whole is right now. Um, you know, and it, it, it goes a lot to say like what you were talking about in your uh, episode the other week too, about comparing the, um, the, the people who are actually trying mm-hmm. to put out, again, I'm trying to not use actual people's accounts names, right. um, the people who are actually trying to put out good quality content and the people who are trying to create clicks. Um, and not that either is bad, like, you know, clicks make cash, like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. fine if that's your goal. Um, but you know, I think that's, that's the beauty of social media. Like both can exist in the same place. Um, and golf Twitter right now is trying to figure out the balance between the two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely growing. The game is trying to figure out the balance between the two. Oh yeah, totally agree. Totally agree that it's it's grown. I think from um, we're all just watching the same tournament and on TV, and we're going to talk about it and make some funny jokes into something else entirely. I think, and and admittedly, I don't want to be hypocritical. I've contributed to it, um, but it's it's one of those things. Where I know, sometimes... and I have too. And honestly, watching watching the Ryder Cup, like I I am the first one to post a meme when like Rory misses a putt or something, sure. and like watching the Ryder cup and watching his reaction the other week, like, and I'm a Rory fan. That's not to mm-hmm. say like I'm posting memes cause I don't like Rory. I'm a big Rory fan, but watching the Ryder cup the other weekend when he just absolutely broke down, I felt awful. Mm-hmm. Like I immediately went back and deleted all of my, like, I can't believe Rory missed that putt memes because I was like, man, like, am I contributing to, his mental breakdown like not that Rory is ever seeing my tweets I have like 800 followers but but I mean I'm part of am I part of the problem you know am I part of these the the problem of like these golfers having these mental health issues that they've been starting to talk about recently um and it, it really started to get in my head but then at the same time then you have like part of social media right now is like being being part of the conversation, being part of the noise. So where do you find that balance? Yeah, yeah. Well said. Well said. Similar uh, reaction that I had <laughs> at uh, that that moment too. That was a that was a very powerful moment, and I think it takes moments like that uh, for some wake up calls for everyone, and that's a good thing. If we could take yeah. that step back sometimes and reevaluate, Nikki Dunnigan. It's been a pleasure getting to know you better. Uh, I'm I'm sure that people who listen to this episode will hear in your voice and in the stories that you told that you do love golf. And I appreciate you telling me how much it means to you. 
Yeah, well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening this week, folks. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Nikki. As I mentioned before, you can find her work at fromthestadium.com and you can follow her at Nikki Dunnigan on Twitter. If you'd like to come on the show or if you've known someone that you uh, think you'd like to hear their side of what golf means to them, hit me up at adam at golfunfiltered.com via email or at golfunfiltered on any social media network. I can't wait to hear from you. In the meantime, take care of one another. <laughs>